Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter six, Into Action, page 87, the third paragraph. As we go through the day, we pause, and ending with the fourth paragraph, it works, it really does reading those two paragraphs and commenting on them. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Jim K., for the 12 Traditions, Heidi B., and reading the text are Judith S.P. and Lulu L. And the newcomer greeter is Pam S.R., and the host of the second hour is Barb W. The reference numbers for Monday, June 19, 2023, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,362, that's 20362. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,363. That's 20363. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donation. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jim Kay to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Jim Kay from Minneapolis. Uh, Good morning, everybody. I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Um, okay, thank you so much, Jim Kay. I will now ask Heidi B. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, Heidi B. from New York, recovered for today. These are the 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you so much, Heidi. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 87 reading the third and fourth paragraphs as we go through the day. Um, we pause and ending with, it works, it really does, those two paragraphs. I will ask, ask Judith SP to begin reading. Hi, good morning, Katie, and everyone who's here this morning. My name is Judith SP from Maryland. Truly a privilege, and thank you, God, for this opportunity. Um, I realize every morning when I awake that uh, I'm a, I'm a train wreck, and uh, you know if if I don't get the brakes on, um, 
watch out. I have to watch out. Others have to watch out. And uh, thank you, God, that uh, this book is here, has been here for a while, and is an instruction manual. And for me, um, I have a hard time or had a hard time. Um, Judith, can you read the paragraphs, please? Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I apologize. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily, but we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. And uh, in my excitement, uh, I forgot to read the paragraphs. So thank you for letting me uh, be reminded of that. In any event, I, uh, I need to follow instructions because if I don't, um, life is going to be more than difficult. And when I read this uh, paragraph prior to uh, sharing now, there are certain words. The whole paragraph is, is very powerful, plus the uh, one line in the next paragraph. But pausing. When I pause, when I'm agitated or doubtful, um, the instruction is to pause. And then I ask for the interaction. What can and will God direct me to do in this moment of agitation or doubtfulness? And what I am to do is constantly remind myself that I am not in charge, I am not running the show. And along with that acknowledgement, I trust and can repeat to myself, because my brain is healing, thy will be done. When this is done, I am in much, much less danger of some of my greatest defects, which is excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. I become more efficient. My energy is used in a positive way to serve God through my service to others, maintain my abstinence, and work the 12 steps every day. And I have found, honestly and truly, I do not tire until the end of the day. It's amazing to me. I used to be a night eater. I used to take naps three or four times when I could during the day. And now I'm not a nap person. Periodically, I do. But for the most part, it's a full day. And then I go off to bed at night. Um, So I do not tire so easily. And uh, I'm not making foolish decisions. All this does work. It really does work. But the main Thing that I do this have to do is take action. I have to make a commitment to my abstinence, to my recovery, 
to listen and be inspired by God throughout the day. And when I do that, I can retire at night and feel that I have done for today the best that I can do. So with that, I pass, and thank you for listening. Thank you, Judith. Okay, although value your experience, we ask people to shift every third day in order that others share their experience. So who would like to share on this third and fourth paragraph on page 87? Rick J. Kathy C. Kathy C. Rachel K. Kelly S. Rachel K. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Um, I heard Rick J, Kathy S, Rachel, I'm not sure your initial, Leah S, Kelly S. Did I miss anyone? Bonnie B. Bonnie B. Nancy W. Nancy B. Larry. Larry K. Loretta, Larry. I heard one. Tanya D. Okay, let's very much stop there. <laughs> it's a long list. Um, okay, uh, Rick J. Kathy S. Rachel K. Maybe um, Leah S. Kelly S. Bonnie B. Nancy W. Or Nancy. I'm not sure what initial. Loretta H. Larry K. And Tanya D. Go ahead, please, Rick J. Followed by Kathy S. And everyone else, please mute yourself. Hey, good morning, Katie. Thanks for your service. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, and this this part of step 11 is the reason that uh, I'm no longer relapsing continuously like I did for the 20 years prior to me um, going through the steps again with a recovered sponsor and living in the steps. This is my... Um, favorite carrying around tool. Um, I do start my day here on awakening and I review my nightly review and, um, you know, where this, this, uh, morning meditation ties in with pausing, you know, and the nightly review is that once I've looked at my nightly review and I'm looking at the corrective measures, um, you know, that's, it's my built in step 10 there in this nightly review. Um, but then, you know, on awakening and I'm starting my day and I'm thinking about my day ahead and I'm looking at my corrective measures, I'm, I'm connecting, right? I'm connecting the inventory that I, I did that's this part of step 11, um, you know, and it's, this is the part where steps 10 and 11 are um, logically related and interwoven. They, they go together. I do not take these steps separately. I, I, by working step 11, I'm, I'm working step 10 because it gives me many opportunities throughout the day, you know, to, to do a spot check inventory. And that's basically what I'm doing when I pause. You know, I live in a world of first thoughts and old ideas. You know, that's just a part of me. But what I'm being taught here is this spiritual tool is a way for me to to release my self-will and connect to my higher power and move forward in a spiritual action into a second thought and a new idea, you know, the inspiration. Um, and I never will do this perfectly, and this is my greatest workshop, 
is to, you know, when an emotion, um, an emotional disturbance, a ripple is coming, if I pause right then, it does not have an opportunity to build up the agitation into resentment, the doubt into fear, because I've stopped it and I'm bringing God into it, the God of my understanding that I relate to. It never leaves me, is always there. I release and I connect. I release and I connect constantly. That word constantly there. Um, that's what I'm doing differently today. You know, and it's a very powerful tool. I was standing up in front of a church full of people to say my father's eulogy. And because of the chemo I've been going through, I've lost all my hair, my eyebrows, my eyelashes. And and right before I got up there, I was feeling physically ill and an emotional wreck, and I just felt like I simply could not do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, perfect time to pause. And I released that through the help of my higher power. And I got up there, and I let God flow through me, and I said what I needed to say. Um, this is the most powerful tool I have ever experienced, and I'm so grateful that um, we're on this, and I get to hear other people's shares on that. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rick. Okay, Kathy, us here, followed by Rachel, maybe Kay. I'm not sure. Hi, this is Kathy C. I'm, oh, I'm Kathy, my name. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah okay. that's it. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you, Kathy C. Oh, that's okay. Kathy C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Montreal, Canada. Um, I love the uh, the line here where it says, we constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. It's, um, it's like the consideration here that we took, right? We consider our step three, that we quit playing God. Um, so, you know, Step three, we took that step uh, because we really had to decide, you know, who who is gonna who, who's gonna really lead my life? How good of a job or how bad of a job was I was I doing? Right? Was I efficient? Was it effective? Uh, did I get to that place of freedom? You know, did I surrender to try one more time, one more day? How's that working for me? And I had to analyze or see or observe, if anything, by my experience, how I was doing by myself. Um, right, arranging life to suit myself. I didn't know that was self-centered. I thought that was just, you know, my role. I thought really this is what I had to do. I had to take charge. I had to, you know, um, you know, assume the responsibility to make that that happen. Um, and especially in my small circle of my family, if if they're happy, then I am happy. Don't they see that they'll be happy like this? Um, so you know, the the, the lines got blurred. And um, I do this. I humbly ask God for his will, his actions, because that's what step three is about. When I took that step, it's because I conceded that I can't do life alone. I can't do anything on my own power. My willpower uh, is not, again, sufficient. It fails me. Um, I don't have that power to, to, to control. I don't, um, I just don't, I just don't do well. I'm just not free. I'm just not free. And when I ask God, when I pause, that sacred pause, right, moment by moment, there is where God is, you know, I become um, changed during that moment. My thoughts change. That that intuition comes to me. I just ask for direction. What's the next right 
thought? What's the next right thing, God? You know, what would please you? What would delight you most? How can I love now? How can I be a maximum service? Is this helpful? Would that be helpful? And then things come to me during the day. It's really organic. And I just, you know, step back and I just, I'm in a companion with this higher power. And, and life is really more tolerable. It's not perfect. But when I go with lots of tolerance and I do the work that's in front of me, just with, and with God, of course, I can't do anything by myself. I'm, uh, I, I, I am free. I'm free physically from the food and I'm free mentally from, you know, the resentments and all that. Oh, my timer. I'll, I will pass with that. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathy C. Okay, Rachel, you're up, followed by Leah F. Hi, thank you. This is Rachel K. from Indiana, and I feel so blessed to be able to be sharing on, you know, one of my favorite paragraphs in one of my favorite chapters in my absolute favorite book. And one of the things that stands out to me about this paragraph, um, that at least as it applies to me, is the um, the frequency with which they're telling us that we do this. So it, three times it says, as we go through the day, like through the whole day, not just in the morning, but as we go through the day, um, when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action constantly. So there it is again, like all through the day, um, many times. So that's even in the same sentence, like all three of those in the same sentences, all through the day, constantly, many times. Which means to me that this isn't like, okay, I have my quiet time in the morning and then I get up and I'm recovered for the day. You know, there you go. Nope. I have, you know, what I like to call a high spiritual metabolism, which means I can read and pray and be all filled up with God. And then five minutes later, I am empty and I am, you know, reading an email from somebody at work or whatever. And where, you know, where is that great reading that I, you know, read during my meditation this morning? Where, where are all those, you know, wonderful um, thoughts from, from people who spoke on the meeting that morning? It's, it's out of my head. So I have to, even if it's five minutes after my quiet time, you know, say, thy will be done, you know, ask for the next right thought or action, which a lot of times is not responding to that email or whatever it is. So many times each day, um, I have to check in with God. It's not just 24 hours at a time. It's, it's one minute at a time. I have to have that constant conscious contact. And the other thing that really stuck out to me this morning uh, was it says, uh, we become much more efficient. I'm kind of a science nerd. Um, and when it talks about efficiency, in you know in mechanics and physics efficiency is like how much power you get out from how much power you put in um like engines are efficient you know you put in you put in a certain amount of energy and then you know if it were a hundred percent efficient which no engine is you would get a hundred percent of that that power that energy out so god is infinite power right? Infinite power, infinite strength. So I, you know, I take all that in and I can't put a hundred percent out. I'm not a hundred percent efficient because I'm not God, you know, I'm not perfect, 
But the more I check in with that source of power, the more I plug into that source, the more efficient I will become. You know, the more of God's strength, God's healing, God's love I can, I can give during that day. You know, I can give to others. I can give to the rest of God's kids. You know, the more I am plugged in, the more efficient I am. You know, the more that equation balances out on the right side, you know, the more, the more stuff of, you know, more of God's stuff I can, I can give, I can spread. So anyway, thanks again for letting me share. Everybody have a great day and I pass. Thank you, Rachel K. Leah S., you're up, followed by Kelly S. Thank you so much, Katie, for doing this service today. And... My name is Leah S., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. And I'm going to go back, to, like from backwards to the, to the front of the paragraph on page 88. What works? What really does work? You know, this chapter is a chapter of action. How do you say action when we're going to pause? This is an action of really... Um, um, stopping what I'm doing and really going through my day and asking God to come through with through it with me, facing the inevitable fact of my day and how my reaction and what my reactions are like, and how are I am I going to get rid of of of, of this this uh, you know this fear that this is going to turn out the way this is going to uh, this is going to be and this is going to happen I'm like a, a prophet or something I don't do that anymore I just say God please let me go through this with you and um, and and let me do what you want me to do. What is really, um, what is really not hard to do, but I've been fighting because because I was playing God, I was playing God in my in my mind, and 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 all of a sudden I can feel that the uh, anxiety that I might have had, or um, the fear that I that I really feel, they they just loosen up. And, and and that's what burning up the energy foolishly means, that um, when we let go and we let God guide us, somehow uh, a thought will come in or uh, an action that, that, is, that is possible, and it will work out, and it just always inevitably does. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Leah. Okay, Kelly S., you're up, followed by Bonnie B. Hey, guys, it's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Wow, some really great shares already. Um, I really wanted to share on this paragraph. Um, I love how everybody has stressed the importance of this. So one of the things, I, one of the reasons I really wanted to share was I've been around these rooms now for 40 years, which is a long time, and thought I've heard everything, right? And it was probably not even five years ago when I heard the um, little sp- the acronym for PAUSE as Pray and Use Spiritual Energy. And I'm like, wait, what? I've never heard that before. I love that. Pray and Use Spiritual Energy. 
It doesn't say when I get doubtful or agitated to, to just like try to get my shit together, try to figure this out, act better, do better. It's telling me to pause and use spiritual energy. And I was just thinking as I heard this share about tapping into that infinite power. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? When I read this um, paragraph this morning, the same words stood out to me again, constantly remind ourselves many times throughout the day. I've heard people who have decades, you know, say how they have to do this. And I can get so hard on myself because I just want to, you know, um, like was shared earlier, I'm the same way. I can spend my 30 minutes with God. I can hear shares on here. I'm like, oh, my God, those shares spoke right to me. You know, I hear a meditation. Oh, my God, God spoke to me. You know, I'm a little dramatic, but serious, for real, I do that. And then I go out in the world, and I'm crazy. And it's those, you know, minnow biters at my ankles that drive me crazy. And so yesterday, I was doing my nightly review, and yesterday at work, I just found myself constantly getting agitated. And um, and I was like, what could I do better? So first of all, was that loving kind? No, I was putting negative energy out there in work. Okay, what could I do better? Well, I remember I prayed. I did pray several times, but did I pray many times, many times? I just have to be reminded that it is going to be a constant thing. And when I'm feeling that doubtful and agitated, I get that whirly feeling, that whirly, whirly stuff going on inside. And that's the stuff that gets me blocked from God, from that infinite power. So I'm, I'm unable to be of service to people, right? And it's like, where food stopped working for me, so did all this other crazy excitement, fear, anger. I used to thrive off that adrenaline. I get a high off it. I'm not going to say I still don't, but today I really want that peace and that contentment, you know. I don't want to be blocked from that infinite power. And so I'm so, so grateful. Here it is. God is speaking to me again through this paragraph, and I'm serious, but I'm like just a reminder because I did my nightly inventory about this. It means many times, not some Many times I'm going to be doubtful. I'm going to be agitated. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pray and use that spiritual energy, that infinite power. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank, thank you, Kelly S. Okay, Bonnie B., you're up, followed by Nancy W. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for moderating, and thank you for all the beautiful shares. Bonnie B., um, recovered by the grace of God, living in the state of Minnesota. How many paragraphs do I have that I just really, really like. This is another one of them. Um, I think it's funny that there's so many. Um, so this is my this is my gig. I have two choices. I can either live in that place of restless, irritable, and discontent, or I can live in a place of peace. There are only two choices for me. I don't seem to have that middle ground, just like I don't have the dimmer switch on the light switch. Um, in, you know, in the morning when I pray out step one, two, and three, and it says made a decision, I change that to make. I am making a decision throughout the course of the day to um, care about the things that are brought to my attention, but refuse to carry them. Again, it's the same word. It's just a different tense. When I care about something that's brought to my attention, I bring it to my God. I pray, I release it to him, and I do my best to be useful to other people. But in my disease, my disease wanted me to spend all of my time carrying these things. Um, and that to me was like living, it, it was like, it was like, um, treading water versus floating on my back. When you talk about using up energy, when I would tread water, you would get exhausted very quickly. If I float on my back and look up, I could float for hours and hours. The pause for me is one of the greatest gifts God's ever given me because I have the opportunity to take a deep breath and to remind myself that I don't control anything. If God doesn't do what he's going to do, it's not going to happen. Um, we took our kids to um, a mini golf 
place and there was a large maze there. And as our kids went through the maze, I chose not to be part of the maze. And I, I watched from the top, I looked down and one of our daughters was just having the toughest time getting out. And she was frantic. It was a big maze and she was starting to sweat. And I started to give her direction. You know, go, go left, take four steps. Now go right, go left. This is what I feel like my life is in this pause. I feel like I'm, I'm in a maze. God knows how to get me out of the maze. Um, countless times throughout the day. And the gift that I have from him is to take a deep breath and to look up and to not panic because life happens. And um, I can't stop life from happening, but I can choose. And this is a, this is the point of contact, right? To reconnect. The moment I lose my peace, I choose to take a deep breath and reconnect and remind myself that I don't get to control it, but I serve the one who does. And I know that he always has the best for everyone in mind. And so this is this verse to me is also a gift, and I am so grateful for it, and I'm grateful for each of you, and I hope you guys have a wonderfully blessed day today, and I'll pass. Thank you, Bonnie. Okay, Nancy, I, I'm not sure if it's Nancy W. or Nancy T, uh, followed by Loretta H. Did I hear a Nancy? Thought I did. Okay, well, uh, go ahead, please, Loretta H, followed by Larry K. Good morning, Katie, and good morning, all, along with my precious God, who is saving my life. Loretta H, recovered in North Carolina. Love the shares, and I'm also a big... Um, I love acronyms, so pray and use spiritual energy is really, really an important um, asset to my program and an important action in my program. And I use it to put me in God's positioning system, which is my GPS. Because I, I, like I said, I'm a big acronym person. Even when I do my 11th step, I use a lot of them because... I'm not a focused person, so it keeps my brain focused. And this is what this is all about, is God's positioning system, you know, and I have to continue because without it, I'm lost. You know, I'm that little lamb in the woods who's looking for something. So with God's grace and mercy, and I do start out at 83 every morning because there's a long period of reconstruction ahead, and I must take the lead. So as a result of that, I begin my day with on awakening and starting my day with um, a date with God so that I can get some direction. But then throughout the day, I must also connect. And this is where that pause comes in. This is where the spiritual energy comes in. And I... Um, Every night in my 11-step review, which all of this is a flow system for me, I always, what could I have done better? And this is where the efficiency comes in. I really crave today neutrality in all my affairs because that is when I pause, pray, have patience in the present, the process of the practice brings me to have the ability to practice the principles in all my affairs. And that is where I get my spiritual fitness 
from the practice of principles in all my affairs. So with this practice, and it is a practice, I must do it daily, and it's interesting this morning on my on awakening, it was about the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes are to keep me out of the bedevilment. They're just the opposite. So if I can carry this into the rest of my day and be in the Beatitudes, be of maximum service to God and to others in like the same thing, to understand it's in dying of self that one finds, and we are reborn. So I'm so lucky today. I am not well, I am a free spirit, but I'm a spirit in freedom because of this program. And with that, I pass. Have a beautiful day, everybody, and enjoy it, and God bless. Thank you, Loretta H. Is Nancy back? Okay. Let's go then to Larry K. followed Nancy. by Tanya D. Oh, hello, Nancy? Yes. Sorry. Okay. Thank okay, you. go ahead, Nancy, followed by Thank Larry you. K. This is Nancy W., a recovering a compulsive overeater from Ontario, Canada. And uh, I've been barely touched by this um, paragraph today, um, more so than the others. And um, my recovery has been just about a year long. And what I have noticed is that I do have more energy. And I don't have to um, set my alarm anymore in the morning. Um, my higher power now wakes me up by 36 o'clock. And I, I just, I still look forward to it. And even when I'm called to uh, perhaps wake up at 2 or 3 o'clock, I just say, this is, this is when you wake me up, higher power, I'm here. And, um, the changes over the last year have been significant, but I still look forward to seeing the continue, continuing journey, and journey for sure it is. And I'm grateful for everyone who inspires me on this, um, in these rooms, and I just hope everyone has a blessed day, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy W. Okay, Larry K., you're up, followed by Tanya D. And first, please, let me just remind everyone where we are, in case you came on late. We are on page 87, the third and fourth paragraphs. As we go through the day, we pause, ending with, it works, it really does. Okay, go ahead, Larry. Uh, thanks, Katie. Uh, I'm Larry K., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. You know, I'm embarrassed to tell you how many times I've been to Disney World. <laughs> it's too many times for any human being, but it really was a, a kind of a bonding thing with my daughter when I was married and so forth. But I mentioned that because in 1999, so we're going back quite a ways, they, they, they came out with a roller coaster called the Rockin' Roller Coaster. It was in what they call Disney Studios, the old MGM Studios. And I'm not, I don't know about you, but I'm not much of a roller coaster person. At least I wasn't for a long time. It was a, you know, like a misery for me. I would go on it for my daughter. By the time she was about eight or nine, she just absolutely loved roller coaster, still does. Not me. I'd be, I, I was that person, maybe like you, that waited in line. My heart's racing. What the heck am I doing here? See, this passage for me can be compared to someone trying to control a roller coaster. So like me, 
you know, I try to dictate the twists and the turns of my life. I, you'd see me on there sort of pulling levers and pushing buttons sort of in an attempt to stay on track, right? However, the thing is the track was already laid out and the ride has its own momentum and direction. And just like the roller coaster, you know, the person riding the roller coaster, you, we're destined to experience the thrills and, and, and all the different things no matter what we do. And so, too, the individual destined to experience life's ups and downs. And when I simply learned to relax and enjoy the ride, I was free from anxiety and worry. And it was a much more enjoyable experience. And similarly, when, when an individual, when any of us surrenders control and trusts the path, you know, laid out for them, this divine sacred path that was already laid out for you, we're less agitated. We make better decisions. You know, it's like trying to control the uncontrollable and, and we may end up creating unnecessary frustration. And so I guess the question is, you know, for any of us is how are we trying to control our lives today in ways that make life more difficult? Am I trying to control relationships? Am I trying to manipulate situations? Am I pushing the levers and the buttons? Or am I sitting back? Because, you know, God is like the, the engine, you know, the, the, the structural mechanical engineers that created the roller coaster, it was, it was already laid out. They, they thought of all the different safety things. We just have to sit back and allow, sure, I got to keep my hands and feet in the car, right, in the roller coaster car, right? Of course I'm going to take that direction. But I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy the ride and I'm going to trust. That's what this passage means to me. It works. It works. It really does. I can ride the roller coaster today. Pretty cool. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry. Tanya D., you're up, and then we'll open it up. We'll have time for about three shares after that. Hi, this is uh, Tanya D., recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is like a win-win instruction. All I have to do is pause, and then I'm going to be much more efficient, and I'm not going to tire so easily. So you'd think it would be easy, but this is one of the hardest instructions for me to follow because when I'm agitated and an indecision, you know, I can be an overdoer, or I am an overdoer. I, I just want to do, 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 fix it. Um, and uh, this happens, you know, especially at work, like in the morning, I'm able to like focus on one thing and really like everything's going great. And then other things pop in and I feel like I'm juggling like 20 things, you know, by uh, 1 p.m. And that's when I need, you know, to take a pause. But because I feel like I'm juggling so many things, it's like, oh, my God, if I take a pause, like all these things will come crashing to the ground. Um, and if I don't take the pause, that's why I end up so tiring, tired because I'm trying to do it all myself, you know, juggle way more things that I can possibly juggle. Uh, and so this pause is something that, that I'm really trying to, um, to work on. And uh, I've tried, you know, doing something like just, just sitting in front of my computer with my eyes closed and that doesn't work for me. You know, I just, my mind's like racing too fast. Like my pause can be um, like just, getting out and taking the long route to the bathroom. And while I'm walking over to the bathroom, you know, like breathing and saying like, thy will not mind be done. Um, and the most effective pause for me 
has been um, like writing, like taking out, I have a little journal on my desk and I just write like a, a dear God uh, and uh, that really helps. You know, I sort of sit down thinking, okay, I'm about to write like 10 pages. <laughs> this is going to be big, you know, and, and it ends up like often being, it, it ends up being uh, quite short, but I just get such relief when I take that pause and I turn to something spiritual um, instead of trying to um, to run the show myself. And and yet it's still definitely a work in progress because when I look back on my day, often one thing I could have done better is I could have paused more because as, as previous people said, like this is really about like kind of doing it, doing it continuously. But this is where, you know, uh, we claim spiritual progress rather than uh, spiritual perfection comes in for me. Um, thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Tanya. Okay. Um, so again, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So we have time for uh, Marietta, three, three, three more. Nancy Marietta. Nancy, Nancy P. P. Jennifer Nancy. Cheryl A. Jennifer. Okay, Cheryl, I'm not sure if we'll get to you. I have Marietta. Nancy P, Jennifer, I don't know the initial, and Cheryl A. Go ahead, please, Marietta. Good morning, Marietta P from Virginia, recovered. Uh, I love this paragraph, you know, and um, one of the things that I've read it many, many times is I thought to myself, you know, it says when we're agitated or doubtful, and I come to the conclusion if I'm I'm doubtful if I'm going to use this or others are going to use this if I only wait till I'm agitated or doubtful. This rings to me that it tells me to do this many times each day and to pray the the prayer. And I call this the powerful little prayer, thy will be done. And, uh, you know, and if I forget what it means to be running the show, go back to page 60 to 63 and it describes us running the show. So I've got that as a little footnote in my book. And, um, you know, and I, I love that line, that paragraph, that one, it works, it really does. And I used to believe that was talking about this paragraph. And what I know today, it's talking about everything preceding this paragraph through the first 100, well, not even 164 pages, from page 88 forward. It works, it really does. If I apply this to my life, it works. And how do I apply this? That I have to pause many times each day, you know, and many has no number to it, as I recall. And it says, thy will be done. You know, then I'm in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity. And here's the big one, foolish decisions. And a foolish decision is for me not to pause. And for me, a pause can be just stopping and exercising, inhaling, exhaling. And, and today what I do, I inhale faith and exhale love because I don't want to fill my environment up with negativity. And it's only by God's grace. And I really feel that this, you know, that it is a powerful you know, prayer. There's many prayers throughout the book that are powerful prayers. But, you know, between a rock and a hard place when we're agitated or doubtful, it's doubtful that we're going to remember those long prayers. And this small, powerful prayer, and I can tell you from my own experience, experience that it works, it really does. 
when I utilize thy will be done. You know, I don't even have to tell God I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be my will because I know it's God's will. And um, and it keeps me from making those foolish decisions and burning up energy foolishly when I was trying to arrange life to suit myself. Um, I, 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 I just can't uh, repeat it enough. And I do, when I do make outreach calls, I'm always talking about this paragraph because this is the paragraph that is the last of my working on myself and the next venture is to me carry this message to to my fellow sufferers so that they can get Time, to, place to use by will be done. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marietta. Nancy P., you're up, followed by Jennifer. Hi. Uh, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for letting me share. So, Nancy P., recovering in West Newton, Massachusetts. I no longer suffer from feelings. My feelings are not always comfortable, but there's no suffering. I know I'm not in charge. It's a working part of my mind. I don't need to worry about my heart beating or my lungs breathing. They work. It's a relief and a joy to acknowledge my powerlessness and my, my you know, exit stage left. Um, my cornerstone has been set in place, and no later vicissitude has shaken it. The cornerstone is rock solid. I've built a wonderfully effective spiritual structure on it. I have a spiritual muscle memory. I don't really need to worry that I'll do the wrong thing. Not that I don't do the wrong thing, but I don't worry about it. I automatically, automatically seek counsel from others. It's my go-to place. I stay in close touch with other people all to, always. I still today make tons of phone calls. Page 15 of Bill's story says that working with others works when all else fails. I have to say that if I make lots of calls before, because if I wait until all else fails, I'm in way deeper trouble than I imagined. Fellowshipping is what I call that. And fellowshipping with others is what prevents all else from failing. Why would I not do that? I don't have to think about it. It's a part of who I am today. I used to have to bite through my tongue not to say anything, and I no longer have to do that because I've practiced. I've practiced and practiced and practiced, and I continue to practice. It can be hard, but it's better. And it does work. You know how I know? Because I attract the kinds of responses and relationships I've always craved but could never get. I thought I knew what all the pieces of the puzzle were, but I never could put them together to make a life. I just got back from my sixth trip to Europe with zero trouble with food. Not zero mental disquiet or ripples, as Rick said, with stuff on the trip, but I met each minute with serenity and a joy that came from being safe. Um, I'll close with this. I'm not a big... you know, I'm not a big prayer, one who prays. I'm not big on prayer as a thing. I'm very agnostic. But the book says I can still have what everyone else gets. I have a recovery that is second to none. I haven't hurt myself with food in five and a half years. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I help other people. I comprehend the word serenity, and I know peace. I don't have flashes of light. I, have, I live in light, and light and joy and buoyancy. It works if I work it. And I do work it every day. Still today, I'm more on fire about this than I was in the beginning when I first experienced that miracle of not having to eat until I was sick. It's a process that has a beginning but not an end. The journey itself is the destination. And as long as I look at my feet and see the moving forward, I know I'm okay. And it all starts with one thing. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. That'll pass. Sorry, I thought I was unmuted. Um, Okay, Jennifer, you're up, and then we may have a minute for Cheryl. 
Hey, good morning. This is Jennifer C. Uh, from Greenville, South Carolina. So, um, so for me today, reading this paragraph, it's one of my favorite paragraphs too. And uh, it's funny because I, I know this paragraph by heart, and yet I go through these times where application becomes very difficult because I have the mind of an alcoholic. And I, I worst case scenario life, right? And I get obsessive in my thinking um, very quickly. And when the food is in its place, now I have the opportunity to see all the ways that my mind gets fixated like it used to on sugar and now it's on these other things. And I'm grateful for that because it reminds me of step one, powerless, powerless over this mind powerless over where it goes and it goes on sprees right like my mind goes on sprees once I start to go down that path I'm grateful for this um, program of action this 10 11 12 process um, that continuously reminds me that this is not about the food but as long as I'm in the food and as long as I make it about the food and changing my food plan and and, you know, messing around with the food here and there and everywhere, it be, it's still about the food, right? I can convince myself of that. But as soon as it's truly not about the food because I surrender and I turn my will over in that way, I get to see all the other ways that my mind is unmanageable, that my mind is unmanageable and that I need a power greater than myself to save me from it. You know, this book reminds me that faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. And I, I read that sentence and I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a bullseye sentence, right? Like faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Like that's the bullseye to always get back to that place of faith 24 hours a day or I'm going to perish. And that doesn't mean necessarily that I'm going to die today or that I'm going to pick up food today even. But it does mean that spiritually I become ineffective because I'm in such a place of fear. But I'm also so grateful because over these last couple weeks, I've been in a place of fear. I've been on a negative spree. And I've seen all the ways that God uses even my character defects to help me be of maximum service. So thank you that God is bigger than fear, right? We put him in a box that I need to be in this certain place to access God. God is bigger and all of this. And I'm so grateful for all of you today and for this book and for this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, Cheryl, I'm sorry, but we don't have time for your share this morning, but maybe you could stick around for the second hour. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. And we will, um, Sorry, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, June 20th, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,365. That's 20365. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 64, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lulu L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you, thank you. This is Lulu L. Recovered for today with gratitude and joy in Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And I pass. Thank you.